Each other, mothers and brothers. Then we blame it on the man. Say you gotta do it all for the struggles. I'm asking the G for a better day. To fill the world with peace, no pain for days. Shout out to all the lights still shining. Cause the weight of the world can pull the wool over your eyes. Let's Told Jones, stolen bones, invade the skies with robot drones. Check the 
infrared radar for UFOs, silver and gold, we hold the weather's control, by genetically modified hybrid clones, building bunkers with subjects under mind control, injected and observed in the combat zone, now come on. It's the chemtrail skies, it's the on RazRadioLive.com. Follow one man's journey down the never-ending rabbit hole to find out what the truth is. All I'm offering is the truth. Scott Ledger is your distinguished host for Dangerous Conversation. Give Scott a call at 941-421-0401. No matter what side of the fence you are on, he'll talk to you. Everyone from Tucker Carlson... Take some mushrooms and squeegee your third fucking eye. ...to Waterhead from the LRWS. Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out. Thomas, what drugs have you done? Give me a list. You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any. Dangerous Conversation, every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth.
There is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. 
All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. I'm sure we all know what pill you have taken. If you're listening to this, the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, and Radio Chaos. I am your host, Sean Raz. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016. I've had a very uh, interesting and exciting week, scary at moments, and we'll, we'll discuss a lot of those things that went on with me this week. Crazy Sunday, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we were supposed to have Greg Knight join us in studio tonight. Uh, he's uh, having, you know, feeling a little under the weather. So he won't be in studio, but I believe probably in the 7 o'clock hour we might hear from him uh, to discuss some things that he wanted to discuss while he was here. But he'll be coming, I think, March, sometime in March, uh, to come join me back here in studio, which was so much fun. It's so different doing a show with, with somebody sitting right there with you. A uh, long laundry list of things to discuss. I got out of work way late today. It's been a, a crazy day. Uh, so I might be a little scattered. Hopefully I can read okay, because a lot of this I haven't had a chance to pre-read. But we'll get through it. We do every week. Hopefully my tongue is not as tight as it was last week and things flow out well. That's the main plan for tonight. <laughs> so my week, man. I, I had a really good weekend. Family in town. Uh, mother-in-law came to visit. Uh, it's always nice to hang out with family and just do something different. So that went well all weekend, you know. Busy week at work all week, expecting a nice relaxing weekend. Now I was on call for work, but that's no big deal. I don't mind being on call for work. It's uh, it's all part of the job. And it's some overtime then. So Sunday, I'm planning to cook this big you know, goodbye dinner for my mother-in-law. Her and her uh, boyfriend were getting ready to leave. Head back up to uh, Jacksonville. Invited my grandmother over. My grandma comes over, and she lives in the same apartment complex I do. You know, it's also the place I work. And uh, she comes over without her dog. And I've told her multiple times, just bring your dog. It's no big deal. I don't care. You know, bring him. So I told her, go get your dog. Bring him over here so he's not by himself, not driving your sister nuts. So she leaves to go get her dog. And I'd say two to three minutes after she leaves to go get her dog, my phone rings. Okay. What's this? Who's calling me? Oh, it's my grandma. Okay. Answer the phone. She starts screaming. There's an apartment with black smoke bellowing out of it, and they've already called 911. Well, at that point, I hang up the phone. I, I'm i the one on call anyway. I bolt out the door and get to the front of this apartment that is uh, on fire. I've been in this job six years now. I've never worked as a maintenance guy. Uh, so it was a, it was a very interesting experience, to say the least. Um I got the lady out of the apartment, didn't have to go into it. I just had to get her to stop going in and out of it and got her out to the road. Uh, and then it's a eight unit apartment building. So you got to get everybody else out. I mean, you can't leave people in the apartment that's uh, possibly going to burn down. So I, I ran around and beat on everybody's door and got everybody out of there. And nobody got hurt, only lost the one apartment, uh, all interior damage. But it was just, it was a, it was an experience. Uh, you know, I did EMS for, shit, almost 10 years. Years and years and years ago. I worked with a fire department. I wasn't a firefighter, but I worked with a fire department. And uh, it's been a long time, so that adrenaline rush, man, it was it was kind of neat to have it again. You know, you get those uh, adrenaline rushes. 
And it really makes you think differently about things. So that was my exciting weekend. So dinner was a little late. Uh, Things went on for hours of trying to get the residents back into their apartments and arguing with the fire department and trying to, you know, get them because they clear an apartment and then I go in and there's smoke, so they got to re-clear it again. So it was just a long, interesting weekend. I wanted to share that story, though, because, you know, you I, I hope everybody out there would choose to you know, do the right thing. And I'm not saying risk your life, but do the right thing. Make sure you're helping people. Make sure you're uh, whatever level of help you can offer. It's all part of the basic human, you know, being a human is caring for your other humans around you. So like I said, I'm just glad to report nobody was injured. But a lady lost her house. So the shooting in Kalamazoo, you know, I've been thinking about this Kalamazoo shooting. What, what? Well, how does it go from a guy just being completely normal, having a job, obviously passing multiple background checks, he had multiple weapons, all legal, no history of a problem. He's working as an Uber driver. You know, what, what, what the hell went on with him? Like, how does that even happen? Wearing an orange jumpsuit and glasses, his hands shackled. Jason Dalton made his first court appearance after being accused of murdering six people and critically injuring two others during a seven-hour killing spree in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Are you Jason Brian Dalton? Yes. Appearing via video conference, the 45-year-old Uber driver sat motionless as the judge read the 16 charges against him. Dalton's blank stare only briefly interrupted as he appeared to sigh at the mention of being charged with attempted murder of a minor. Is there anything you wish to tell the court at this time concerning your connections with the uh, community? I Earlier, during a probable cause hearing, detectives told the judge that Dalton, quote, admitted to taking people's lives. Prosecutors say he chose his victims at random in three different locations. So cold-blooded, they say, that he continued to work and pick up Uber passengers in between shootings. And I said, uh, you're not the shooter, are you? One of those passengers spoke to CNN affiliate WWMT. He asked not to be identified. He said no, and I said, are you sure? And and he uh, kind of uh, just said, no, I'm just tired. I've been driving for seven hours. Mariana Cruz sent CNN an image of her receipt from a drive with Dalton that morning. She didn't want to go on camera, but told CNN he made her feel uncomfortable. Thinking she was being paranoid, she gave him five stars on the ride anyway. That night, she says, she saw Dalton's car on the news and made the connection. He seemed like a good guy. Rich Vindell is Dalton's neighbor. He lives three doors down. We both have interest in cars. Um, He has a dog that we hear him chasing, but seems like a normal person. Uber says Dalton passed a background check. So why would a married father of two with no criminal record allegedly go on a killing spree? Police say they still don't have a motive. You know, and as I was reading through this story, uh, and, and I can't find it Jason in here. Brian Dalton. Let me turn that back down, sorry. I can't find it in here because uh, it was here earlier when I read it. And it talked about how uh, this gentleman, this individual, received a phone call. And that's when, oh, there it is, uh, about one mile into the trip, this was from Matt Mellon. 
About one mile into the trip, Mellon told CNN's AC360, Dalton received a phone call. Melian heard Dalton tell the caller he had a ride at the moment and that he would call back after dropping him off. Dalton hung up and then started driving erratically, Mullen said. He ran red lights, squealed the tires, and nearly sideswiped another vehicle. Now, <clears throat> did this guy just snap? Uh, was that his wife telling him that he was that, that she wanted to leave him? I don't know. There doesn't appear to be any problems that we've been told about in the marriage. Um, was, hey, and I, you know, we're all conspiracy theorists here, so hopefully this isn't too wild for any of you. That's just what I was going to say, Greg. Greg Knight just put it in the chat room. Was it MK Ultra? Was that his activation phone call just to keep the terror going of the fear of guns? I mean, that's really one of the first things when I saw the phone call, and that's when the guy switched. Just it really you have to ask that question. Then, of course, there's always the mainstay for shootings like this. What what? What pharmaceuticals was he on? Was he taking any antidepressants? Was he taking any anti-psychosis medicine? That's a good question, too. But he passed background checks. I don't know. Uh, it's a very uh, interesting, wild, as Outclass said, a wild story. It's, uh, it's not what you expect to hear. Now, of course, in the day and age we live with, with technology, uh, with, with more information being shared, it just might seem like a wild story because we're knowing about it and it's, it's being described as much, as well as it, as it is. It's one of those really just whacked out. And I, I, I seriously, seriously thought MK ultra. If you watch Manchurian candidate, the movie Manchurian candidate, how did you get activated? You got the phone call with your full name. Turn John. And you know, do we believe in MK Ultra? Is it there? Is it you know? It, it's very well documented. Of course, the CIA destroyed most of the information about it. <laughs> Just makes you wonder. And of course, you know they they want to try to push gun control and and say that you know average citizens shouldn't be able to have a gun because you know we're not smart enough. We're not trained enough. We can't control it. We can't. We can't secure it as well. But then, of course, San Francisco police search for gun lost by agent who left it a top car. San Francisco police are are searching for the gun of a federal agent who lost the weapon after he left it on top of his car and drove off. K, uh, KGO TV reports that immigration and customs enforcement agents' loaded service weapon was reportedly lost in the. Ingleside neighborhood Friday morning, police say. It's an H&K P200SK, 40 caliber handgun. Ouch. Uh, in the last eight months, handguns stolen from federal agents were used in the high-profile profile slaying of Kate Steinley in San Francisco in July and muralist Antonio Romo, uh, and muralist Antonio Romas in Oklahoma in September. And let's not forget the cop that was shot in Philadelphia. By a stolen cop's gun. So, who, who is having problems controlling their guns again? How are guns getting in the hands of criminals again? No. You guys need to control your weapons a little better. And when I saw that, you, you think about all the, all the things that, 
they try to to use to to try to slowly take our freedoms away. And here it is, them just losing their shit left and right. <laughs> ah, it's just ridiculous. I've been sitting on this video for a while, and uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to the full interview. You all know my thoughts on geoengineering, um, persistent contrails, all those kinds of wonderful events that could be happening all around us at any given moment. This Matt Landon or Landman interviewed with uh, Scott Stevens, and I've uh, I've talked with him before in the past. I'm curious to hear how it goes. I'm really excited to welcome Scott Stevens to Vancouver for the film that we're making, Frank and Sky, a documentary about atmospheric aerosols, geoengineering, chemtrails, false flag, California drought, all sorts of stuff, right? Scott actually turns out to be an amazing person, very knowledgeable in many subjects, especially weather because he has a whole career in it. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you woke up to chemtrails. What's your story? You know, I, I, I know a little bit about you. I just realized that at some time about 20 years ago that uh, forecasting wasn't as easy as it used to be. So I started time-lapsing the sky. And there was this one day where I saw a series of planes go by, but one trail persisted and the others didn't. And as that trail slowly faded away, two other planes came along. One hit the exact end of it, and another went through the middle. I'm like, nah, that's not right. How would these planes, how could these planes be aware of, or better yet, even be remotely concerned with what's going on with the debris from another plane? Because you could see even the little planes were part of the bigger program. So they had to be at, at a precise place at an exact time to reveal a disturbance in a trail that may have only been in the sky 10 seconds. It went beyond correlation. And so in that time, I, I kind of just went all hound dog on it. And that let me know that these trails were directly related to the geometry that the weather was forced to accept, forced to take. And um, with that, I just realized that I couldn't forecast the weather anymore with any sense of, uh, of confidence. So you want to spread the truth, basically, mm -hmm. and the, tell them what's actually you know, there's the debate. Is it a condensation trailer or, or a chemical trailer? Something with an additive in it. We're dealing with a massive, massive ballet in the sky. And so it, we've got a program that is, is, is loose on the planet and is this, this guise of, of, of climate change, but it is this program we're seeing at work. We don't have to have four, five, six, seven year devastating droughts that wreck family farms. That does not have to happen, and that's why I'm doing this. Wow. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much, Scott. My pleasure. My pleasure, man. I'm so Thank glad. I'm so glad yeah, to yeah, have yeah. you, buddy. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to getting you and a lot of other people together in May. May seventh, we're going to be coming. You're going to be coming back, right? Yep. So May seventh, we're going to be having a lot of guests here in Vancouver for the Global Chemtrail Conference. It's a summit of all the like-minded, informed people in this arena. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. To the you know, I've never got to go to one of these. Uh, chemtrail uh, uh, look up things that they do. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of, uh, they, they do them all the time, like the sine wave type thing. Um, and it's really more and more people seem to be talking about it. More and more people have brushed it off, but noticed something's up there. Uh, we, we've gone over many articles over the past couple of weeks where they talk about aerosols, uh, which they never used that before when they were talking about the, the 
uh, jets themselves. It would be nice if we could finally come to some kind of positive understanding of, of what's going on up there. What are they up to? What are they trying to do? Are, are they trying to to stop global warming? Is that the whole realm around it? Or is it deeper? Is it more nefarious? And, it, and you have to believe in global warming to, to support them doing it. I mean, it's it's a lot of things we have to, to really concern ourselves with. And we shouldn't have to concern ourselves with what they're doing above us like that. We got the food we got to worry about, the water. I mean, shit, Flint, I don't even know what's going on up there anymore. Uh, it's got to be madness. I, I couldn't imagine being that long without food. I, or without food, without water, you know, running water. I'm a, I get two showers a day sometimes just because I like to be clean. <laughs> you know, I, that would just drive me batty not being able to just shower when I felt like I wanted to get clean because it's contaminated and nasty. You, I'm, you know, I'm blowing through things really fast. Like I said, Greg is going to join us by phone later on second hour and uh, in studio in a few weeks. I look forward to that. Now, one of the things we discuss a lot is what's going on in Syria and, and Afghanistan and Iraq and that whole region. And the region's just completely distraught, complete, completely destroyed. Uh, and most of it is caused by the actions of the U.S. or its intelligence agencies. Whether you want to believe that or not, that all the evidence points to that way too often. Well... When you start meddling in things and you don't really know who you're talking to and you, you know, you're trying to, <clears throat> you're trying to make something happen that you want to happen, but maybe other people around you don't want to happen. Then you start meddling and, and helping groups that maybe really aren't the best groups. You end up screwing everything up. U.S. backed militia groups now fighting each other in Syria. President Barack Obama's confusing strategy in Syria means towns are now being fought over by different U.S.-backed groups. If anywhere can show the consequences of Americans' foreign policy under President Barack Obama, it may be the small town of Meri, north of Aleppo. Now, you guys know I suck at saying towns and long names, so bear with me, all right? In the course of the last five years, it has seen Assad's regime uh, regime tanks roll through from the south, firing shells through its houses. It has been repeatedly attacked from the east by Islamic State of Iraq and the Leviant, ISIS. On occasion, it has been bombed from the air by the regime and shelled from the ground by ISIS on the same day. Now its rebel defenders are fighting ISIL, the regime, Russian bombers, and a new en enemy, the Syrian Kurdish militia, the YPG, and all at once. America is calling for a ceasefire, but it's not clear whether, even if one were declared, it would stop any of those enemies from attacking Mira. A sen sensation of hostilities was supposed to come into force on Friday, or a, a secession, sorry, of hostilities was supposed to come into force on Friday, but the fighting in Mira and elsewhere and everywhere else in Syria continued. The rebel opposition said on Saturday that it agreed to one in principle, but was still waiting to see if Russia and the regime would stop bombing. The deadline set in Munich for, the, for a secession of hostilities has passed without response from Russia or the regime, its spokesman said. Uh, its spokesman, Salim Alababababa, said. 
To date, every time the international community has placed its faith in the regime and Russia, Russians' promise of good faith, the streets of Aleppo, Hama, or Homas, and so many other towns and villages across our country have run red with the blood. It is not new to say that the war in Syria has become a complex mess, spiraling out of control. Analysts and many American diplomat, diplomats who have left the administration, some in disgust, say that the mess is consequential of President Obama's decision to support the rebellion against President Bashar al-Assad, but only half-heartedly. He sent in weapons to support the rebels, including Mira, but he also refused to confront Russians and the regime, who had far more weapons, leaving the rebels lightly armed, sitting ducks. Then he also decided to support, to support the Kurds. He wanted them to fight ISIL, which they did. But they also took on anyone else who stood in the way of a Kurdish mini-state in northern Syria. And that's how that and that now means rebels, rebel areas like Mira, north of Apole, Pola, uh, which is between the mini-states western and eastern halves. As a result, the town is being fought over by two western proxies. It's not surprising that Obama wants a ceasefire because he's effed it all up. He really has. The YPG is a Kurdish army that is the Syrian affiliate and the long-established guerrillas from nearby Turkey and the PKK, a leftist U.S. and U.K. designated terror group. Should I continue reading or do we get the point here? It's just absolutely ludicrous that we feel our, the need to inject ourselves and in everything going on in all the world. It's just time we stop that. I, I mean, it, it really is. It's ridiculous. All right, guys. First segment's done. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Sit tight. You're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, and Radio Chaos. We all live in different realities. There's no doubt about that. They're trying to form a one unified reality. But as we start to look towards what we're trying to actually get to, and that is liberty, freedom, justice for all, um, which is a global cry, we are now knowing it within from all the Internet realms that this is a global cry. It doesn't matter if you're in the Netherlands, in Africa, in uh, Peru, or wherever. We're all saying the same thing all over the globe. All over the globe. And so you can't reject anything that comes your way. The universe is trying to speak to you and give you what you need, but you're rejecting it because you think you know what you deserve and what you need, which has all been conditioned and programmed by our culture creators, such as Walt Disney, Monsanto, and everyone else. So the answer to our problem is actually invisible, and it is called synchronicity, but it's an answer that no one can show you. No one can show you. And so now we're asking humanity to have faith in humanity when the Dark Brotherhood is making it so impossible to do so. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. So we need to find that faith in humanity because listen to all these people that have come out here, every single one of them, a loving, caring, nurturing being that just wants to uplift humanity. 
that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. The television's telling you the total opposite. Fear those people in a van. Fear, don't go outside. You know, you don't want to be meeting around with people. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. Synchronicities will start to unfold, and then you'll actually believe in miracles. Anything that comes your way, go with it and, and do it to your fullest. You know, that's my message to the world because it'll guide you to your soul's purpose. And if you let your light shine, you know, to your fullest when something comes your way, then it'll magnify and become even more than you ever anticipated. And the best thing is, is that everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you. And I know that's a, a hard message to sell when the BP oil spill, with the uh, volcanoes, with the corruption, with everything that's going down, the police state, you know, all of it. It's hard to tell people to regain their faith in humanity, to forgive the anger that you have for these people that have, have trespassed on you, and to just start seeking the new existence. But we have to. That's what we have to do. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. like constitution this is the best you got something that you know bubba's gonna like angry white guy radio join me sean raz tuesday nights 6 to 8 p.m razradiolive.com radiofreeblood.com Side of town in New York City Where the rich show face in the air Is something sleazy Suit and ties get away from their wives The women easy An upscale atmosphere with some wallow Consumed by material life Inside the hollow Like the chick at the bar Smoking on a cigar quick Her heart pumps fast As they're as sharp as guitar picks She sees a man with another skirt The type to triple her net worth For making your neck jerk And that's a goddamn shame Cause she was packing a nine And a crime was no game So I'm ducking to a restroom Followed suit and licked shots as the bass went boom She can't remember how she got in this place Took a look in the mirror but didn't recognize her own face When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So when I'm singing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of somewhere else I got my reasons, I'm not leaving yeah. this to no one else 
a dark night More like love at first sight Around midnight We might just see a bar fight It never fails Now that Mickey's out of jail He was Jimmy's friend The one that left the phony paper trail Kirby got cold feet So we got off the street But he was in too deep The man was never the same And now his new thing looks like Alcohol and cocaine And in the streets that's fresh But up in here this place It's nothing but stress Can a man be changed? In an insane world, the crazy man becomes king Or is it just this place That's known to steal your soul, I hope you brought your suitcase Or was it just too late To go back in time before his chick blue face When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of somewhere else I got my reasons, I'm not leaving this for no one else They took a job on the side, needed extra cash But still not enough, he started moving packs No need for crack, this place was upscale See and Coke were number one on the sales No worries about jail, he had cops on the books One wiki had your fix, as well as the crooks But tonight he was shook, caught by the devil's eye Red dress, blowing smoke, hand resting on his eye Shine like diamonds in the sky He stopped for a minute, but had to keep moving And adding up the digits He was trying to live it, the American dream A life full of schemes, obtained by any means He tried to up the profit, by trying to mix it up But the word on the street is that it wasn't good enough Joe met him at the club Said they had to talk Just come with me and let's take a little walk When I'm singing my heart's bleeding for someone else So what I'm seeing I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping I'm dreaming of someone else I got my reasons I'm not leaving this to no Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941-421-0401. At RazRadioLive.com, we answer right away. And pow, you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts. No screeners, no delays. Try it now. 941 941- Four two one zero four zero one, and avoid nine four one four two one zero four zero one. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. Nine four one four two one zero four zero one. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com. I brought my crew 
You're listening to Frank Castle and Sean Raz on the first 52. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. Welcome back to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, and Radio Chaos. Yeah, as I was saying, it's amazing what our government tries to do. It always tries to make our life the way they think it should be. They try to make us do what they want. But maybe we don't want to do that. Maybe we just want to, you know, have life back the way it used to be. Back when it was fun. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. Yeah, let's turn back time. Let's go back to when things were a little easier. That would be nice, wouldn't it, to be able to just make life pleasant? Just to go back to the way it was when I was a teenager. I mean, when I was a teenager, looking at it now, life was pretty damn good. I'm, I'm, I'm old, you know. I've gotten old over the years. <laughs> well, it's weird to say that, but it's true. You know, I'm a grandfather. Very young grandfather, but, you know, that's what happens. We grow up. We change our way of thinking. Now, hell, I used to be a... a a diehard Bush Republican. I've always been very conservative, but I've always wanted to nuke them all, just kill them. I never knew we were the reason that we had to deal with all this stuff, that we had to interject our thoughts into everything that goes on. You know, you guys all know that I I am, I call myself a, a police a, a, a accountability activist, I guess. I talk about that kind of stuff a lot. I was sitting down, just on, when was it, Wednesday or Thursday of last week, just chatting along with one of the local cops here, one of the guys I'm friends with that I sit at the pizza shop and, and you know, just have conversations with. We were discussing police accountability. Now, just because I want them held accountable doesn't mean I support criminals. And we do need strong cops that are going to do the right thing, use the right tactics, I found this this video that was released by a Louisiana uh, officer, sheriff, captain, should I say. Uh, they're apparently having a gang problem in their town, in their region. And he wanted to make sure he told them, you know, what he thought of what they were doing and uh, what his plans are. The Gremlin Street Gang is responsible for hundreds of violent crimes, murders, armed robberies, witness intimidation, burglaries, drug trafficking, extortion, and brutal beatings. We've arrested 10 of these thugs and have warrants on seven more. Every one of these animals is most definitely armed and dangerous. Darren Carter, Aaron Carter, Travis Cooper, Cody Guidry, Jaron Diggs, Kirkland Demache, and Jonathan Landry. We have felony warrants for your arrest. You will be hunted. You will be tracked. And if you raise your weapon to a man like me, we'll return fire with superior fire. Darren Carter, you think men like these are afraid of an uneducated 125-pound punk like you that's never won a fair fight in your life and holds your gun sideways? 
Young man, I'll meet you on solid ground anytime, anywhere, light or heavy. Makes no difference to me. You won't walk away. Look at you. Men like us, son, we do dumbbell presses with weights bigger than you. And the convicts in jail, most of those men are good people who just found themselves crossed with the law. They're not evil, and they don't respect you or any punk like you. They'll toss you around like a rag doll. I encourage every citizen watching this to look into your own heart and find the American courage that conquers all evil. I implore you to listen to this message and stand up. Take back your streets. Take back your country. Come forward with information about these heathens that have terrorized your community. And for those who would use this message as a way to create false racial division in our country, take a close look behind me. Standing next to every cop is a leader of our black community. This is not about race. It's about right versus wrong. One last message to the gremlins. You don't like the things I've told you tonight? I got one thing to say. I'm easy to find. On behalf of the St. Landry Parish Sheriff's <laughs> Office, the Louisiana State Police, the U.S. Marshals, and every cop and law-abiding citizen from sea to shining sea, I'm Captain Clay Higgins, asking every patriot to stand up, share this video, and send a clear message to the world. We're Americans. We'd rather die on our feet than live on our knees. <laughs> now, I, I laugh because it, it's very dramatic, uh, but I can't disagree with uh, some of what he's saying there. You know, we have to keep in mind, though, that a lot of this culture, Rayford Davis and I uh, spoke about this a few weeks ago, a lot of this culture is driven from the drug war that has done nothing but drive this culture. So it's time that we decriminalize drugs, treat people who abuse them as having a medical problem, instead of throwing them into jail, which teaches them how to become more of a criminal, which gets them stuck in the cycle of needing to, to continue to, to to be involved with drugs and, and violence. So as I agree with, with him standing up for his community, with him uh, giving a warning out to these, these thugs, these punks, they're gangsters. They've hurt and robbed and killed many a people. And that town needs to stand together and, and eliminate that. And I, like I said, I, it's kind of, it's kind of amusing listening to it. But it's uh, it's also true, you know. A in case you didn't hear, I am taking phone calls tonight. I meant to say that coming out of the break. Nine four one four two one zero four zero one. Greg will be joining me in the in the second hour at some point in time. Uh, so if you guys got anything to say, any thoughts on what we've been talking about, you have something and maybe I'm missing, um, give me a call. I got no problems with phone calls, unless your name is Buzzard Bob, but we know how that works. Don't be a buzzy. <laughs> yeah, I got to mess with the guy. You guys don't understand, but it's good. It's a long going rib with this guy. Here's a local uh, story that, that kind of grabbed my attention, staying on the cop line. You know, if I'm going to give a positive cop, I got to give some negative on top of that. Jail Lee County deputy, deputy out on bond. A Lee County deputy who was arrested Friday after a SWAT incident was released on bond Sunday morning. Mark Young faces several felony charges, including domestic battery, assault on an officer, and firing into a dwelling. A judge set his bond at $80,000 at Young's first appearance Saturday, and Young bonded out shortly after. 
Young has been on leave since January after failing uh, a fitness for duty test. Deputies were called to his home on Cemetery, uh, Cemetery Road in Buckingham late Tuesday afternoon uh, after neighbors reported hearing several gunshots. LCSO, that's uh, Lee County Sheriff's Office, said Friday that Young fired 12 shots, hitting another home and even firing at deputies. Uh, Bond was set at 80, fired on deputies, assaulting a police officer. Hmm. Uh, hello? Our deputies were in harm's way. It matters not if, if it's a stranger or one of their own. Bullets are bullets. We take that very serious. New documents reveal Young, Young consumed as many as 30 beers before the incident. Imagine that. Cop that's a possible alcoholic. That would never happen. Scott described the trouble in recent years with Young, saying it was uh, irrational behaviors and beyond. We had taken his guns, his badge, his cars. He had no computer, no real credentials uh, with the sheriff's office. And why was he even still associated with the sheriff's office? Young, was, oh, I'm sure it was a union that caused that to continue to be there. Young was taken from his home early Wednesday, given treatment at a local facility, and then arrested Friday afternoon. He's lucky to be alive. I'm lucky none of our poli- uh, uh, none of our people were hurt. It could have been worse, Scott said. His personal files show he was successful with the sheriff's office for years, with pages of acc- accolades before he was demoted from sergeant to deputy in 2014. He also served as a marine as marine for four uh, as a marine for four years. Young expected to appear before a judge on Saturday. Uh, what again? This goes to the, the to the Uber driver. Even what causes people to, to snap? Was this cop? You know, uh, after how many years? Uh, where was it? Blah 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 blah. How many years was he there? Uh, doesn't really say. It just says it shows he was successful with the sheriff's office for years. So what? What? What snapped him? Why did he change? Why? Why did he uh, shoot up? Well, oh, he's an alcoholic. That's right. And as people will say, you know, it's just a, it's just a segment of the population, just like any other job. You have a segment of the population. Yeah. Well, maybe we should pay a little better attention to that segment of what they're doing. Just a thought. Just an idea. I don't know. It would make a little sense to me to to really watch them a little better. Oh, that's that one. Um, I'm just scanning through my list of, of things here to, to discuss. I mean, do we need to discuss about Vizio and smart TVs? I know we, we talked about the... Uh, the Department of Homeland Security using the Internet of Things to monitor and surveil us. We talked about that last week. Probably talked about it the week before. Uh, is it surprising that the smart TVs are snitching on us? A lawsuit, a lawsuit uh, alleges. And of course, you say the name once. You don't even have to say it three times, and it appears. What's up, Buzzy? Are you self-righteous prick? If it wasn't for me, I heard that last comment, you asshole. <laughs> if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have any listeners or a radio show, you prick. Yeah, you know we love you, Buzzard. <laughs> a little drive-by by the Buzzy. He's a good guy. Uh, an Indiana man is suing TV manufacturer Vizio for collecting data about his viewing habits and selling it to third parties. He also contends... 
that people did not consent to and or know about Vizio's practices, which are facing several legal challenges in other states. The definition or the defendant's smart television collected personally identifying information through its smart interactive software and then disclosed the private information to third parties, such as advertisers or data brokers, according to the class action lawsuit filed Thursday in the U.S. District Court. (laughs) Uh, What people don't understand is in this era is who has access to your information and what they know about you. Said the law, uh, said lawyer Lynn Toops, whose firm is representing Trent Strader of Indianapolis. Consumers need to understand that is that if they connect the TV, the TV to the internet, Vizio is collecting information and sending it to advertisers. Now, what backdoor does Vizio have so other people can log into your information or turn on the camera or watch your search histories? or steal your personal identification. Vizio, based in Irvine, California, did not return our request for comment. The private company founded in 20, uh, 2002 and now ranked 142nd on Forbes magazine, magazine's list of largest property uh, private companies across the U.S. is best known for making inexpensive plasma and LCD TVs and had $3.14 billion in sales in 2014. Now, I don't have a smart TV. Not that I wouldn't like one, but I don't have one. Now, are they using our cable boxes to do the same type of thing? Feasibly possible. I don't see why not. Is it something I'm going to put at the top of the list of concern? It would fall below geoengineering and, and, and GMO foods, to be honest with you. They can watch us so many different ways. But the fact that more people are talking about it and people who three or four years ago when I told them to put a a piece of tape over the camera on their their laptop argued with me and told me I was crazy. And now they're going, wait, my TV's watching me? Does that mean that all this other stuff could possibly have been going on? It only takes a few moments and things like this to really point it out. Uh, last week, I think it was Samsung came out and said, don't have prior, two weeks ago, said don't have private conversations in front of your TV. What do you mean don't have private conversations in front of my TV? With talking about information I don't want to let out. Really? And if you think turning off the tracking on your cell phone is really turning it off, it's just telling you it's turned off. It's not really turned off. At least that's what I believe. And I've had a lot of people uh, who are in special forces and stuff who are either friends of family or family Talk about how they put their phones, if they're going to have a serious conversation, they put their phones in the bathroom next to running water to ensure that it's not listening. So if you if you really think the Apple thing, you know, this is my thoughts on the Apple case, right? On this whole thing with the FBI and Apple right now. Sorry, I had to wet my whistle real fast. You know, I want to stand up and say Apple's doing a great thing by by standing up for our freedoms, for our our security, our liberty, our safety. Or has this all been a uh, a wag the dog type episode? Now, why, why do I say that? It's been reported by conspiracy websites and, and different people that are, are, you know, people we trust that Apple has uh, been working as well as Google 
and other places like Facebook with the government to help surveil people they want surveilled. Was this an attempt to debunk those conspiracy theorists or those conspiracies that they're already working with the government? Was this their way of of a rouge, a rouge to, to make you think that they're doing the right things? That they're not sharing that information? That they're going to stand up for you to protect you? And that's kind of the, the, the course my brain went. But that's really what I was thinking about. Is this just to, to confuse us? Is this to make us believe that they're really watching out for us? I don't know. I, I'm really not sure. I'd like to believe that, that Apple is, is true to what they're saying. And we see a former, uh, who was it? Former NSA chief came out supporting Apple standing against it. So there's another one that you, you start seeing things like that. Now, has he come out on other things? I don't know. All right, let me take another break here. Maybe uh, Greg will be calling. It might keep me moving for no break in the second segment of the, the show. You're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood. I'll be back. Oh, and Radio Chaos. Global resistance. 
tell you something, when we're rich too late, you can kill people like me. You can shut us down, you can put us in prison. The people got a taste of truth, and there's nothing on earth you can do to stop this information warfare migration. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truth as a patriot. We're free and dying hearts, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truth as a patriot. Living free and dying hearts, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Even though they had it all on tape 
I know you love the people in the hood. How could you fake it? And that missing drug money, I know you didn't take it. I don't understand why people accuse you of hate. I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe. I saw nine of y'all against one, beating the brainless. That 65-year-old woman must have really been dangerous. Cleaning up the streets is your top priority. You qualify for this. Why would we question your authority? You only working hard following training. Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect. And everybody that you locked up, they had to deserve it. Yeah. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand ten years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. With Sean Raz Radio Live, stay bold. All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood and Radio Chaos. My side, I apologize. I forgot to hit a, a button. Yes, the radio gun out, class. The radio gun. It is still Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016. And here we are, the first 52. What shall we talk about? Well, I know Greg will be calling in soon. Uh, I might have actually missed his phone call. Now that I see, I, I have a Skype thing there. 
I'll just call that phone back. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. You know, I've been a little off recently. I've been uh, a lot of things going on, a lot on my mind. I'm trying to to ensure that I keep myself on track where I need to be because you know. Sometimes you just kind of have your mind in other places and you're not paying attention as well as you should. So if that has been occurring, I apologize. But we'll get there. Don't worry. Greg, is that you, my friend? Hey, brother. Yes, it is. How you feeling? Well, I, uh, I just pulled into a little place called Vanderbilt Beach down here in Naples, Florida, and I'm standing on the Gulf of Mexico. I'm about to go swim in the... The Gulf. The, uh, the doctor said some salt water, along with my uh, pharmaceuticals, might help out. There you go. Yeah, salt water is an amazing thing. Anytime, uh, you know, that's one of the first things we do is if you got something going wrong, just get in the salt water. It'll help. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Actually, the last time I, I I've been I've been stricken with this thing called MRSA for about the last four years. And uh, actually, you might hear it in the background. There's a little uh, bonfire party going out here on the beach. You might also hear the shoreline coming in. But, yeah, the doctors were telling me, they're like, yeah, you've got to take this really high-tech uh, pharmaceutical antibiotic, which is like one of the, it's called vancomycin. It's one of the most impressive antibiotics around. But if you combine it with a dip in the ocean, apparently it really will cure this shit that tries to kill you. Well, now let me ask you a question, Greg. Have you ever uh, attempted to use colloidal silver as a treatment or as a preventative measure? Using, actually, actually, I'm using it right now. Oh, the, uh, the doctor, my doctor actually gave me a colloidal silver gel that I've been applying to uh, the surface of my skin where the, the MRSA infection's been. So I'm actually, I've got it in my truck. I've got this colloidal silver gel and it's been doing wonders. Yeah, that stuff is great, especially topical like that. Uh, I, I, yeah. I've used it as a, in a nebulizer. Uh, whenever you have a lung infection, best way to take it is via a nebulizer. Uh, I've drank it just for basic, you know, uh, uh, combating of, 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 of <clears throat> infections. And I've used it topically, and it's amazing how good it does work. So good, I'm hoping it helps you out. Well, actually, yeah, I'm actually going to take you out in the Gulf with me. So if you don't mind, I'll take your listeners and you out into the water. I'm actually walking towards the water as I speak. You down? Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. You got to love living in Florida. You're really getting <laughs> you're getting used to it, aren't you? Oh man, I got to tell you, like today it was or yesterday was about eighty percent humidity. I'm going to start talking a little louder because I'm sure you can probably hear the water behind me. <laughs> But uh, yesterday, I, I took a walk outside of work, and uh, I would be damned if it wasn't 80% humidity and about 90 degrees outside here in Naples, and it was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, we got up to about 83 up this way, because we're about, a, what, about 100 miles or so apart, give or take. And, yeah, uh, about 90 miles. Yeah, and that, it's amazing the temperature Ooh. difference in those little, even going from where I live to my father-in-law, he lives more in the in, towards the middle of the state, about an hour from here. Uh, Punta Gorda area actually, and uh, he uh, he will leave here and it'll be eighty degrees and we'll get to his place to be ninety five just because he's he's not on the Gulf like I am. Uh, so oh, yeah. that, that's yeah. one of the beautiful things of living in Florida. The weather changes and you can really just travel a little bit and have yeah. a total different environment. Um, well, it, absolutely, that was the thing this morning. Was it raining at your house this morning? Because I, I know when I went to work, it was monsoon rain. And about half an hour later, it was sunshine. Yeah, we got rain, but it was uh, prior to me leaving the house because when I went out, it was wet, and I leave at 8 o'clock. So it rained while I was in the shower and stuff, I'm assuming. Uh, Last week, you had had put something on the message board, and we had planned on getting into it pretty heavily tonight. 
Uh, and I think you wanted right. to touch on it before it got too old. Uh, and and well, obviously you're yeah. not going to be here. Uh, I think March 3rd, you said you'll be coming down. Well, um, the next or, uh, show for you, and the, the first show in March will be, well, the show I'm thinking of for you in March will be March 8th. It'll be that Tuesday. March um, 8th. I, I, I think that's like the best, because I'm going to be in Seattle this coming weekend, well, and then it's going to be hitting hard for work. So, yeah, March 8th in studio with you up there at the Raz Radio World Headquarters. Well, remember, an 8 and a 3 are just, or an 8 is just a 3 reversed and put together. So, yeah, I was close. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to look at it that way, man. There's always a way to get around it. Uh, all right, yep. so what, what, you had sent me a, an article. I got to skim through it, but I didn't read it fully enough to get into the story. But it's based on on on, on a company based out of Naples and um, some very questionable things. So why don't you bring us up to speed yeah. on that? Well, essentially there was a an airplane that was grounded in Zimbabwe about a week ago. And this airplane is a DC jet that had uh, had landed to refuel. The refueling folks on the ground started seeing blood dripping out of the airplane. And they're like, uh, that's not normal. So let's look into it. What was ultimately discovered on the airplane after the uh, police and the gendarmes were called was that there was a dead body on that plane. And that the body, and, and there were varying news reports across many different news agencies as to whether the body was in the wheel well of the airplane or whether it was actually inside the cargo bay of the airplane suspended on ropes with a missing arm, like it had been tortured. This so, person's body was tortured. So one could have been somebody jumping onto a plane to try to get out of their country, and the other one is somebody was taken onto the plane uh, intentionally to get some information from or maybe just silence? Well, and what the chilling part of this is that the, the airplane is registered to a corporation, which is near Naples, out of Estero, and this company specializes in international charter flights for cargo or whatever. Well, in addition to this body that was found dripping with blood on the airplane, was also found uh, some million, millions of dollars worth of South African rand, which were coming out of Germany. So you've got a plane originating in Germany, flying to South Africa, stopping in Zimbabwe for gas, and the dead body and the money is found. So the Zimbabwean said, uh, let's, you know, you're, you're not going anywhere. Let's check into this. Well, I heard about this story and I started doing some digging into the owner of this company. He's a local guy down here in Southwest Florida. And about 10 years ago, him and his wife started this company. And essentially what they do, and this is actually one of the cases where I found very little information, but just enough to pique your, your interest. Right. Essentially, this company specializes in international cargo. Now, it doesn't take much to put two and two together and figure Southwest Florida, he's a former Air Force pilot, he's got government contracts, well, dead body and a whole bunch of South African cash. It's, it's pretty interesting and it's pretty scary. What, what really stopped this story dead in its tracks and what really got me to talk to you about it and give you the message was about five days after the event was first reported saying there was a missing arm, blood all over the place, uh, South African money. Well, the Zimbabweans reported, oh, we let the plane go. We let it go. The money went on its way to to uh, South Africa and no report of the body and what happened to it. Nothing. We don't know who it is. No name given. The however, shit dick. <laughs> yeah, however, in the secondary AP story, the, the, the rap story by AP, the body was mentioned to have been 
the person was said to have died of his asphyxiation, and that was never, ever mentioned in the first story. In the first story, the person was missing an arm that was cut off when the, the landing well went up, right, closed. right. Exactly. So the second story says um, well, the deceased died of asphyxiation. Well, now, with the asphyxiation uh, part of it, it is feasibly possible that he asphyxiated from the lack of oxygen by being in the wheel, uh, the unpressurized wheel well when the plane got up to altitude. That's true, but you know what? You can also die from asphyxiation when you don't have any oxygen in your blood because you're missing an arm. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. there's a lot of questions to this. Uh, there was no drugs found on board, right? There were no drugs found on board, but there were no drugs reported found on board, which which just, you know, it, it's one of the eeriest stories I've heard in a long time because... The first story told some half-truths. The second story told actually a lie because the person didn't die of asphyxiation. The person died from a lack of an arm and blood. So it's just it's funny that you've got, I mean, what this appears to be to me, just from an educated guess, is a very high-intensity CIA or NSA or DIA operation operated out of southwest Florida. Oh, that would never happen. No, operations have never been operated right out of Southwest Florida. The nine eleven hijackers weren't trained right, you know, just about twenty minutes no. north of me in Venice. You know, that, that not this close to Cuba. No, never. never, never. And I'm being I'm being called out by Grease Man for saying possibly feasible, <laughs> which is really a double oxymoron. So, all right, man. Well, hey, March eighth, I'll see you in studio. I'm going to go jump in the. Gulf of Mexico. I will talk to you guys soon, man. All right, Greg. We'll, t- we'll talk to you soon. I hope you feel better, and uh, go get some of that salt water treatment. Sounds good, brother. Peace. There goes Greg. Yeah, he was supposed to be in studio tonight, and uh, you know, unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but he'll be back up here uh, March 8th. We'll have him in studio, and it really is a lot of fun. I, I-, I so love having people in studio with me. Uh, it makes it flow a lot better, makes it a lot easier, uh, and you can have a good conversation. I don't get into uni- uh, alien stuff very often, but I've been sitting on this story for a while, and it, it's just one of those things, you, you know, you get these weird noises that people are hearing right now. Uh, where was that? I don't remember where that was. But just recently there were some some uh, audio recordings, and a whole town is being driven nuts by really what sounds to me like somebody rubbing their finger around the rim of a crystal glass. You know, that, that noise? That's what it sounds like to me. Uh so when was this? This was January 31st. That's how long I've been sitting on this, almost a month. CIA posts its own X-Files of UFO reports online. Just as the new X-Files reveal, uh, revival finds another generation of fans who want to believe in the existence of UFOs, the CIA has decided to give people a look into its own alien investigations from 1940s and 50s. Granted, these, EM, uh, th- these UFO files were already released to the public via the Freedom of Information Act re- uh, request back in 1978, but this marks the first time the CIA has made many of them conveniently located online on its website. Take a peek at our X-Files, the CIA website states. We've decided to highlight a few documents both skeptic- skeptics and believers will find interesting. Find documents with... We think X-Files characters Agent Fox Mulder would love to use to try and persuade others of the existence of extra extraterrestrial activities. We also pulled documents we think his skeptic partner, Agent Donna Scully, could use to prove there is a scientific explanation for UFOs. 
The CIA posted files of flying saucers reported in 1952 over East Germany, Spain, North Africa, and and Belgian Congo, uranium uranium mines. Wow, that was a hard one to say. Links to a survey survey of flying saucer reports from 1952 and the minutes of the CIA branch chief's meeting on UFOs from August 1952 are also available. In addition to the CIA's highlighted UFO reports, the organization also offers a complete and searchable library of declassified investigations from 1940 and 50s. Sadly, nothing more relevant is available online for our pursuit. If you think you've seen a UFO or evidence of alien life here on Earth, the CIA also has a handy article on how to investigate a flying saucer. Why, why is the CIA like so into this all of a sudden? Uh, earlier, Greg had posted something about Project Bluebeam and the chemtrail spraying as another possible use. Some of the advice includes establishing a group to investigate and evaluate sightings, consult with experts, create a, re- a reporting system to organize incoming cases, eliminate false positives, develop a methodology to identifying common aircraft and other aerial phenomena often, often mistaken for UFOs, gather and test physical and forensic evidence, discourage false reporting, and more. The CIA also, the CIA, also suggest determining determining the obje- objective of your investigation, like whether the UFO sighting presents a threat to the security of the U.S. or if the UFO exhibits any technology advances which could be channeled into U.S. research and development. <laughs> However, keep in mind, since the publication of Project Blue Book, the, U- the U.S. Air Force's own famous investigation program that debunked UFO reports from the famous 1947 Roswell, New Mexico incident and on the chances of being taken seriously by the U.S. government and its agencies regarding your your own UFO sightings may be met with the same kind of skepticism Agent Mulder constantly faces on the X-Files. It's almost like they were running an ad for the X-Files. That is possibly feasible. <laughs> Had to, sorry. But again, why is the uh, why is the CIA even taking a gander at this? Why would they address UFOs? No, no, I don't. I'm not saying that there's not extraterrestrial life. I'm not saying we haven't been visited. I'm not saying they're not here right now. Maybe even you know heads of of state and important people. But why now? Why are they? What are they? What are they getting ready to do? What's their plan? Now that goes to this other story that's about to come out. <clears throat> Was it Pink Floyd? Listen to new, newly released NASA audio of mysterious music Apollo Ten astronauts heard on the far side of the moon. That's the headline. While orbiting the moon in 1969, the Apollo Ten team heard weird music. They were on the far side of the moon, so it couldn't have come from Earth. The team debated whether to tell NASA's NASA command back home. I guess they they declassified them. They're getting ready to put them in a, a, a science channel NASA unexplained files show this month. But it's weird. Again, I believe in aliens. I believe there's extraterrestrial life. 
Yeah, lizards. Outclassed? You never know, man. You never know. Remember V? Uh, what was the other one? They Live? That was kind of like a lizardish thing. Um, how about uh, what was the one where they were trying to to trans to geoengineer the planet? They were trying to increase the temperature of the planet. It had uh, I think Charlie Sheen was in it, and some other girl, and they were kind of lizardish. I mean, that's kind of what I would see the aliens being. I don't know, guys. Want to throw in your uh, in your thoughts? Nine four one four two one zero four zero one. I'll pay better attention. Make sure I don't miss the the ringing of the phone line there. But it is. It it, it really it's things that make you go. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that the the big saying? Apollo uh, Apollo astronauts who orbited the moon two months before Neil Armstrong's famous 1969 landing heard mysterious and unexplainable music on its far side. Out of the range of earthly radio transmissions, it has emerged. Recently unearthed recordings made by NASA by NASA of the journey, which took the Apollo 10 capsule around the far side of the moon, show the astronauts reacting with surprise and confusion to an unearthly howling noise in their headsets. Okay. The sound began once the capsule was an hour long was on an hour long trip around the far side of the moon, out of the range of earth broadcast. At one point, the baffled astronauts can be heard discussing whether they should tell NASA command or not. Now this is a two I haven't listened to this, so let's see what this audio has to say. Apollo 10 enters lunar orbit. As they pass around the far side of the moon, the astronauts lose all contact with Earth. It's about an hour on the backside of the moon, away from Earth, where you lose radio contact. During this hour, the astronauts are on their own. No one on Earth can see or hear them. When they emerge, they seem to have survived their voyage around the far side unscathed. Houston, you can tell the world that we have arrived. As far as anyone on Earth knows, this mission is going like clockwork. Everything according to plan. There's nothing irregular going on at all. But nearly four decades later, lost recordings emerge revealing an unsettling incident on the far side of the moon. There are recorders that record whatever's going on on the backside, and then you do a data dump when you come around the front side. And Houston or Mission Control then can see what happened when you were around the backside. After the NASA astronauts return to Earth, Roger, Houston, we are returning to the Earth. NASA transcribes the tapes, then buries them in the archives without comment. These conversations are recorded in the transcripts, but those transcripts were classified. NASA would withhold information from the public if they thought it was in the public's best interest. Even after declassification, the transcripts lay undiscovered in the NASA archives until 2008. Finding record of this conversation is like finding a needle in a haystack. It takes years to come to light. The tapes contain recordings of strange otherworldly music coming through the Apollo module's radio. The conversations that follow the sounds makes it clear they are unlike anything the astronauts have ever heard. That is music even sounds outer spacey, doesn't it? 
Do you hear that? That whistling sound? In their headsets, it sounded like a woo-woo kind of a noise. Sounds like, uh, you know, outer space-time music. If I were to hear something back there, the first thing probably would freak me out. Boy, that sure is weird music. Over the course of an hour, they mention it multiple times. This is not just some anomaly. This is something that they're all really hearing, and it's really weird. Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder, was that the Transformers on the dark side of the mood? I, I mean, it's all these weird things. And, and and speaking of weird, this is somebody who loves to, to follow alien see. stuff. Buzzy, what's up? Hey, beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life on Raz Radio. <laughs> Are you going to play nice now? Yeah, I'm going to play nice. All right. I just got done uh, watching that, the final ending of uh, The X-Files. Right. Oh, that pissed me the hell off with the very ending of it. Is that oh, the new ones you're talking about? Yes, the new ones. So I haven't checked but out. I, the, I, I haven't I, checked out the new one yet, and I've heard that there's a character that's supposed to be resembling around AJ. Uh, AJ. Alex Jones. Like a conspiracy no, radio no, guy. No, he, he don't. Re- well, well, not in looks, but yeah, as a radio guy, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. He, what, what you download the app? It don't cost nothing. I think you get a free trial. Fox Now. You know, like Fox News. Oh, do I have to do Fox, Fox Buzzy? Now. You know how I feel about Fox. Well, wait a minute. Is it Fox? Or is it... Yeah, it's Fox News. Yeah, oh. Fox Now. Okay. And you get all the episodes. So what at the end of it bothered you? Why were you so pissed off? Oh, I can't tell you. Nigga. No, you want me to ruin everybody's day? <laughs> and Jack just put it in the in the chat room. Spoiler alert. Well, I, I do want to check yeah. out the new season because, you know, keep in mind the Lone Gunman, yeah. which is a spinoff of the X-Files back in 2000, uh, their their pilot episode predicted 9-11, that they'd fly planes now, you, into the you, Twin Towers. You, you, you especially need to watch the very last episode because it does mention chemtrails. You just got to see it, dude. Yeah, I, dude, my, the chemtrails are out there. The chemtrails. Did you get your shirt yet? I don't know. I ain't been home. Oh, that's right. You're on the road. That's right. So what's your, Buzzy, you know, you always post out a lot of alien stuff. And not that I want to get into a big alien conversation, but I think that uh, either they're getting ready to uh, 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 introduce us to them or they're afraid that we're going to figure it out. What's your thoughts? I believe there are aliens. Are they going to introduce them to us? Uh... I don't think so. No, you don't think so. They they're just not going to say have a big White House meeting and say one day uh, the president steps out there and say, "Yep, there's aliens. Here's proof. There they are." See this little see this little gray guy? No, I don't believe that. No. Do you believe they're here or have been here? Oh well, most definitely they've been here. You go all the way back to the hieroglyphics on the pyramids and cave cave walls and shit. They got pictures of them. Yeah, they do. That's that's very true. If you if you think about the, and then our yeah. history, it is all false. The history of the world is false. They only tell you the a bunch of bullshit, basically. Well, the victor writes the history, I and mean, we we well, exactly. I think we're all aware of that. But, but no, I do believe they had their so-called flying machines and whatever and all that. 
Now, do you think the U.S. You know, government yes, is? Do, do you think the U.S. government, you know, like in, in Men in Black, and I refer to movies just because it's easy for people to get an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, do you uh, think? The, do you think the U.S. government yeah. has advanced uh, technology that maybe we have either gathered from things that have crashed uh, here, or maybe even gathered through deals and trade? Oh yeah, a- absolutely. We we what do they call that? You know, back technology shit or whatever you want to call it. What do you call that? Uh, um. Uh, I know, back, radio, back, you, yeah, back, uh, back, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know just what yeah. you mean, back building, back, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, to copy the whatever, and I think we do, and we watch the X-Files on one of the series of the new ones that shows or whatever, but I won't go into detail, but yes, I do believe that, uh, reverse technology, thank of, you, reverse, yeah, reverse, reverse technology, technology. thank you, Outclassed, a lot of, a lot of the UFOs that people see nowadays, could basically could be ours. Could be our own little craft that we've developed and and are flying around. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know it is a good thing, and that's one of the first conspiracies as a, a young uh, adult, and I mean young adult like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Between that and JFK, that was where I guess it really all began with me, uh, and then I kind of stepped away from it all for a long time before I got into it as heavy as I am now. But but aliens have always uh, intrigued me, and and our our reach for outer space and, and to learn uh, to travel and to, to leave our own cestial, cestial, whatever that well, word is. If you look back in history, at, at the, starting, I guess, with cartoons, the old cartoons and old TV shows like Star mm-hmm. Trek or whatever, a lot of those things on them cartoons mm-hmm. and TV shows are come, coming to a true life. Well, yeah, exactly. And that, again, goes to, you know, you listen to Shannon every once in a while, I'm sure, and you've heard segments where I get into discussion and bringing up movies. I do it a lot. I understand that. But that's because I truly believe they are using that as as a form or a way to inform us. But I will bring something else up, which I know you do not believe. Go ahead. I'm listening. God or whatever, so, so, so to speak. But it does say, so I'm not an expert on the Bible, but somewhere in there, I think it's, I forget, maybe in Revelations, an end times proof of aliens or whatever will be revealed. Okay, well. Now, when, when, when is end times? I don't know. End times have been ever since the beginning of time. Well, well that, <laughs> yeah, really. But, Buzzy, that would spin it into um, the whole the whole belief that maybe, the aliens are the gods that we've always worshipped. I, I somewhat believe that in a way. I, we were made in man's image, so to speak. Now, you know, we, the aliens may have made us. Be, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I absolutely know. And uh, Wayne, thank you. Also, he uh, text messaged me that uh, it was reverse engineering. So we, we want to make sure we get that. Yeah, and Buzzy, I. It's one of those things, man. It's it very. I'm not a religious man. I'm not. I have faith in something. I'm not religious though. So always keep I'm that in mind. I'm not real religious. Keep in mind, I'm not real religious either. I just have my beliefs. What I was taught that may be false. I don't know, but I do have my beliefs. All right, all right, and, and it may be true. It just might be another conspiracy theory, and we all have to just keep that in mind. That's why I won't. You know, I'll keep my faith. But I'll keep my my I'm beliefs. Not the, I'm not. I'm not the type of guy that has to go by science 100 percent because science ain't always right. You no, you just got to have belief. One thing. Well, and so, as far as belief, 
I have seen some weird shit up in the skies before. Well, science will tell you. It's impossible for any aircraft that we know can do. Keep in mind, science is never settled. That's the whole point of science is to always continue to try to prove a theory wrong or indifferent. So it, it's always a, a we're all test tube babies. One of the guys in the chat room on on uh, Mix LR said, "Well, yeah, I might be a test tube baby." I'll even admit that. I don't think you got out of the test tube, honestly. But oh well, but, well, at least I ain't the afterbirth. It goes to the matrix. It, it really are we living in a matrix? Are we just in a pod with a bunch of shit plugged into us, and uh, we're just living this in in no, in, no, rea- in virtual no, I reality? I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't believe that at all. I do believe in. Uh, Separate, uh, what do you call it, realities or whatever? Bubbles, so to speak. Bubbles? Buzzy, are you blowing bubbles? Uh, well, not bubbles, but you know what? Okay, we live here on Earth in this time. There's another time, like, like uh, I'll bring up ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? Um, I, I've had my experiences with oh, the I've paranormal. Had too, and people, I ain't going to go into it, but I, I'm sure people have listened to me before and heard my stories. But yeah, there is ghosts. Uh, I I don't There's necessarily that's disagree with realm. that. That's why I'm getting at another realm. I believe another realm. Uh, Jack said he hasn't seen the X Files yet. He's uh, catching up on some other oh. things. Don't get oh, somehow he said he said don't give that uh, the away uh, the ending thanks so yeah don't oh, give no, it away I won't, I won't give away I won't, I won't uh, I'm gonna have to watch, watch it the whole, the, there's six episodes you got to start from the beginning to the end you know what I've got you know what I've gotten into it's recently good. Buzzy and this is going away from the X Files and stuff but I just recently got into Lexi and I started watching it's called An Idiot Abroad have you seen that yet it's on Netflix yeah I've been thinking about watching that but I don't know if that's is that comedy or what is that? It is. It's very interesting, and I, and you might get some appreciation out of it because they the the first one he's traveling to the seven wonders. The first season he travels to the seven wonders of the world, and this is the very first time he does it. Um, and you get to see a lot of the cultural, um, the, the the way cultures are because he gets really deep into the cultures, and it's funny as hell. It is a comedy. I mean, the guy is a, a total idiot. But, oh, it must be something like something like me then, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you'll feel right at home, Buzzy. Don't worry. No, it's, it's really funny. It's well worth the watch uh, if you're looking for a little lighthearted. But, again, you get to see uh, some really deep inside cultural things because he they, they send him, like, the worst possible situations. And this guy gets into these, oh, these situations that are just you, – you blow your mind. Here's an example. We were watching one the other day. And he was in, he was in Egypt, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was Egypt. And he, oh, they don't want to send me to Egypt. He went to. He was going to like the the world's largest uh, religious gathering, and it's all different religions. And he's going through, and he he's talking to these shamans. <laughs> all right, and he finds this one guy. And it's the, uh, was it the Elephant Man? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, it was the Elephant Man, I believe, or the Elephant Shaman or whatever the hell he was. And he, he had a birth defect that made him look like an elephant, but because of his, the religion he was involved with, that was, an elephant was what they worship, which made him a very high person in, in their religion. So this other guy steps up, and again, I might be on the wrong one, but this other guy steps up and he pulls out a cane. Now, they're all naked, keep in mind, at this point in time. He pulls out a cane, 
and rolls his penis on this cane, twists it, and then sticks the cane behind him between his legs and starts dancing at, or doing squats. It was just like, what the hell did I just watch? I literally <laughs> had to turn my face. Lexi had to turn her face. It was so like just disturbing to see. But it, it oh is a very God. interesting show. Is that Check the religion? Yeah, I, I wish I could remember which one. There's a, a religion that... It's probably re- religion of the woods. There's like 150 <laughs> religions in the world, if not more, Buzzy. You know, we all just know the, the four or five main ones, but there's there's so uh, many different religions out there that, that just are, spur, you know, little sh- offshoots of these other religions. You know, they follow part of it. It, it just goes into the same thing with uh, Sharia law and all that and, and, and the Muslim and the this, the that. People walk away, you know, what we have with the ISIS and the guys that follow all the scary stuff. You have Muslims who are great people. So it goes both ways, I guess my point is. Well, I'll have to watch that because I ain't doing nothing but sit down here on the Mexican border anyway. So. Yeah, it's like I said, it's funny. It, it'll be good, good and relaxing because, you know, you're like me. You stress yourself out on all this other shit all the time, too. Well, yeah, I don't really stress. Well, yeah, yeah, I get pissed. <laughs> it's hard not to get pissed. I get pissed about the Sharia law and the ISIS and shit like that. And everybody tells me I'm wrong or I'm a bigot. But no, well, I have. I'll come out and tell everybody. I have nothing against a Muslim as long as he doesn't believe in Sharia law, which that is being a Muslim. Well, I understand. So that's why I get confused. Well, it's Sharia a- law is evil. It depends on the leveling of, of what's been built. You're right, baby? Okay. The wife's wandering into the uh, studio here. I was just making sure she was okay. She was looking for something. <laughs> uh, Buzzy, what do you think of the uh, breaking news from uh, Snowden claiming that uh, Osama bin Laden is still alive? Oh, I didn't see that, but he's still alive. I, that's hard to believe, being a, he's, unless he got a kidney transplant. <laughs> now my brother my little brother got a kidney transplant oh shit it's been 15 years ago i think he's still alive and healthy he's got to take his medicine uh one of the guy one of the people in the chat bot chat room here it's the delhi episode i think it was the fourth or fifth one delhi so that would have oh, been going to I, see i don't want to see a guy wrap his dick around a goddamn pain oh dude it was scary. it was rough all right so anyway back to osama here uh, former CIA employee Edward Snowden has said that he has evidence showing that Osama bin Laden, wa- who was supposedly killed in Pakistan in 2011 by U.S. special forces, is still alive and well. In an interview with Moscow Tribute, Snowden said Osama was a living in the Bahamas on the payroll of the CIA. He told the newspaper, he told the newspaper, I have documents showing that bin Laden is still on the CIA's payroll. He is still receiving more than $100,000 a month, which is being transferred through some front business and and organizations directly to his Nassau bank account. I am not certain where he is now, but in 2013, he was li- he was living quietly in his villa with five of his wives and many children. Snowden, who... who That's possibly true. You think? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, yeah, it, it's very possible. You know, CRA, the CIA and our government, I do not like, I do not trust. They are just as evil as the Sharia law cocksuckers. No, it could be true. It really could. If he got a kidney transplant, yes, he's still alive. Yeah, and you know, it was reported that he was seen in a in a U.S. hospital before 9-11. Um, it's feasible he got that transplant then. Well, I actually heard that he was a 
taxi driver over in New York City. <laughs> uh, Snowden, who now lives as a fugitive in Russia, fled the U.S. after leaking documents about the NSA's mass surveillance programs in the media in 2013. The report also said that Snowden previously, uh, previously too, made some unreported allegations about Osama bin Laden. Snowden goes on to say that the CIA orchestrated the fake death of the former leader of al-Qaeda. He claims that Osama was transported with his family to an undisclosed location in the Bahamas. The report further quotes him as follows. Osama bin Laden was one of the CIA's most effective operatives for a long time, most efficient operatives for a long time. What kind of measures would it send? What kind of message would it send to their other operatives if they were to let the SEALs kill him? They organized his fake death with the collaboration of the Pakistan Security Sur- Services, and he simply abandoned his cover. Since everyone believed he is dead, nobody's looking for him, so he it was pretty easy to disappear. With the, Without the beard and the military jacket, nobody recognizes him. What's your thought? I, I, I ain't going to say yes, it's absolutely true, but I could believe it. It's possible. It wouldn't it's be like I said, uh, under the presumption that he got a kidney transplant, and which they probably gave him one. Well, you know, I said this today on Shannon's show, which I forgot to mention. I always try to mention that because he does help me promote my stuff. Shannon Burke, uh, ShannonBurke.com if you want to check out his show. But today on his show, I said to him, uh, if if anything, whether this is true or not, whether uh, he is still alive or not, the fact that that he's Snowden's coming out and saying that he was one of the CIA's, CIA's most efficient efficient operatives for a long period of time kind of makes you have to question the truth of nine eleven. I, I mean, uh, you have to if they're saying he was and, an operative. And it was true or not? You can't, I can't prove it. But look at all the guys that supposedly was on the. Braden, they killed him. Everyone is dead except one. Well, there, there's more than one, but uh, the the ones that oh, I are there's only one alive. I, I think there's two or three, but I, they're all making money off of something, and that's that's what well, Shannon yeah. said today too. Well, all the seals were involved. No, most of them are dead. The ones that aren't yeah. dead are are, and he said it first, selling books and making you know millions of dollars now. Well, maybe they, that they that was would, their thing. They would probably. They would probably threaten to if if you don't go along with this, you will die also. Or what do you want to do? You want to make money? Oh, you don't think the CIA? Yeah, give me some money. You don't think the CIA doesn't recruit through the seals? He might have been he might have been CIA the whole time. Yeah, them setting up all those guys to die and and be moving on. I don't know. It's it's all those things, Buzzy, that that raise questions. And I, I've covered almost every story I wanted to, which is very unusual for me to cover almost everything I have opened. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things. And you know, I've, I've talked for years, Buzzy, that I don't necessarily a hundred percent trust Snowden. I don't. Well, I don't hundred percent trust anyone except well, my mom. That's true too. <laughs> that's the truth. Even I trust your mom very much. Also, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I, <laughs> Just being a dick. You know I got to be a dick. We're getting ready to wrap it up, so you got to be a dick every once in a while. All right, Buzzy, any last thoughts? Yeah, beat me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. Well, that's for damn sure. All right, brother, we'll talk to you soon. Follow the way of the buzzard. See me later. Peace. There goes Buzzy. Another, like I said, he's a good guy. We like to bust stones and have fun with each other, but he's a good guy.
Uh, so let's see here. Anything I got left that I really, really want to touch on? Uh, Palm Beach, Charlie, no, we don't want to get on that. Uh, I'll save that for next week. I just got a message also. Uh, I guess uh, Ledge came down with the flu. So he won't be on tonight. No dangerous conversation this evening. I apologize for that. He apologized greatly for that. That's what happens. You know, people get sick. You know, I want to touch on this briefly because it's it's been in the news. I, I didn't really get into it. Did I get into it a little bit last week? Yeah, I guess I did get into it a little bit last week. But uh, Scalia, you know, all the, the hype around his death, it's just things that make you really question what thought pattern anybody in power is using. And the headline here is from the New York Post. Scalia could have been poisoned, forensic pathologist. Lethal poisoning could have left Supreme Court Justice Anthony Scalia's body in virtually the same condition in which it was found, a top forensic pathologist told the Post on Wednesday. It would look like he's sleeping. It doesn't show anything on the body, said Dr. Michael Baden, who spent 25 years in the city's chief medical examining officer. Still, Bowden has stressed that natural causes was a plausible explanation. End of story. I guess they should have done an autopsy. I guess they should have figured out why he was not alive anymore. We'll never know, probably. Just like we'll never know who killed Kennedy. Who did 9-11? Who did Oklahoma City? It's all just lost. It's all lost, my friends. Tried to make some quick changes there, and I screwed up while I was doing it. My bad. All right, guys, you've been listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, and Radio Chaos. I'll be back next week. I'll hopefully have my head out of my ass, uh, be able to provide a little bit better of a show, a little scattered. I don't like that. But I love you guys. Stay safe. Be cool. Just be a human being. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet Lost a sense of weapon in a war against ourselves The setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this rat race, I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the unknown
so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity